All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. You're listening to Dropping the Gloves with former NHL All-Star John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Welcome to Dropping the Gloves. You know, I always thought I, I was the rags to riches story. The guy who just, you know, came out of nowhere and made something of myself. And then this guy comes along and just blows my story out of the water. The strangest, I don't know if he's the strangest superstar in the NHL right now, but one of the most unconventional paths to superstardom. Coming out of Norway, 21-year-old kid, a relative nobody. He was terrible. I read the scouting <laughs> report for Moto for years. Everybody was talking about Moto. Everybody was saying, there's this guy out of Norway. He's very exciting. Christian Forsberg. You want to get him on your team. And then all of a sudden, there's this other guy from Oslo, Norway. Matt Zuccarello took the world by storm, and now he's on our show. Matt Zuccarello, thanks for joining us, my friend. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Have you ever had anybody do an interview and bring up Christian Forsberg? No, I was impressed. Do you, was he your buddy on the team in Moto? Because you're both from Oslo. Yeah, yeah, He's, uh, We grew up together. All right, all right. Well, Matt's is a little upset. Before, before we started taping, he brought up how I chirped him in a tweet or an Instagram post. I'm not sure what it was. But Matt's caught wind of it, and he called me out. I said, what I say? I said, imagine if Kirill played with somebody he would have got 60 goals he yeah, has to drag Zuccarello up and down the Zuki. ice <laughs> so well, I wasn't and then I brought me, Grill in to confirm that that wouldn't wasn't true I know but does that ever piss you off because people say things like that it's like oh Kirill Kaprizov he's so good he's so good and you are just chopped liver. Do you ever get pissed off? It's like, come on, man. I'm Matt Zuccarello. I love the Rangers in scoring four times. I come to Minnesota and we start winning. Does it ever get under your skin? No, uh, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> so if if Kirill's playing with Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews, how many goals does he get? He doesn't get the pucks that much. It's <laughs> a good answer. <laughs> zero? Zero? All right, well, moving on. You're undrafted. You can play with uh, anyone and get 50 goals. So. Do you think so? Yeah. I think he's uh, unique. Uh, he's such a hard worker and 
doesn't matter who he plays with. He can make stuff. He makes me better and people he plays with better. So, uh, um, obviously, we had some good chemistry, but uh, I think he's probably the most unique player I've ever seen. And you've played with some unique players. You've played with Rich. Is he standing there staring at you, telling yeah, you what you said? Yeah, now he left, so now I can be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but in, in all honesty, though, you've played with some good players. You, you yeah, come no, right into I, the New I, York I, Rangers. You got you got Richards. You got you know Callahan. You got Gabrick. You got all these high-end guys. Derek Stepan. You go to Dallas. They have those guys. What makes him different? Why why is he so much better than these? Not so much better, but different. No, no, I I. I mean, I play with so many good players, obviously, in New York. Yeah, like you said, uh, Sibanejad, Kreitz, Steps, uh, in Dallas as well. Uh, yeah. Sagan and, and Ben and Radulov and those guys, Klingberg. So there's so many good players that I've been lucky enough to play with. But I just – for me, it's just the, the chemistry that we have that makes him maybe my uh, number one right now, you know. Is he a similar type player than you are? Because you're, you're more of a creative type guy. You don't really draw plays up. Uh, yeah, he's he's got it all in his head. He's so smart. He, I mean, to be honest, I I, I don't really do anything. He if they, they tell us on the power play, I ask him where do you want to be, and I'll be wherever he doesn't want to be. So I mean, I, obviously, you know. I know that he's the best player. He, I want him to be in the scoring, and even Harsey too. Uh, and when we play together, both of them have better shots than me, so it's more important that they get good opportunities to score. So we met way back. I think it was, what, 2000, 2010, 2011, or was it later than that, around that time? Yeah. yeah. We were with the New York Rangers. We were, we were black aces. Yeah. Now – Let's go back to that time. The Rangers had a good team. What did you think when you're getting black ace and you played you played most of the season, you know, going back and forth between Connecticut with the Rangers and you were black ace. What was that like, a player of your skill watching a Stu Bickle being rolled out to play? Guys like that who were just a bum, like just a waste of space. And you're sitting there skating with me getting bag skated with Steve Eminger and John Scott. What was that? Well, we like? had fun. We had more fun, I think. We might have had a little more fun. We're not going to go into those those in-depth stories. But talk about just being a black ace guy coming from Norway, jumping into the AHL. Now you're in the NHL watching this team play in the playoffs. When you know, and and you and I know, the guys would come off the ice after the games, after a loss, whether it was versus the, the Devils or I think we the Capitals or the Senators. Like, why is Zucky not playing? Was that tough knowing that you should have been on the ice? I mean, I think every player wants to play. Uh, I didn't want to play. I'll be, I'll be frank with you. I knew I didn't belong. <laughs> I was like, I'm good. Well, most, most of the player wants to play. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, you're, you're, you're young. You, you respect uh, the coaches and decision they make. And, and I mean, obviously, on a selfish part, you want to play and and try to help the team. But I think uh, growing up in Norway, when you when you're young, you come to like a senior team you you learn how to work your way up to the top uh you don't speak the first couple of years you got to earn your way and and i think i looked at it that way that well it's, it's a learning process um i've had it pretty easy up to that you know coming from norway to sweden i took that pretty 
well, it went pretty well, so I didn't really have a tough stretch. So I just took it as no one goes a whole career without having some tough, tough stretches. So I figured this is my time to, to feel that I should have played, but just deal with it. I went to Russia after that year, so that's how I, how well I dealt with it. So Where did you go to Russia? I went to Magnitogorsk. Uh, it was the lockout year, but I played the whole whole year, and then I came back. So, What was more enjoyable, Russia or Norway, playing international? Or Sweden, because uh, you played with Moto. I played with Moto. That was fun. I was young, came in, had a really good team, got to play with Peter Forsberg and Mar- Marcus Maslin was on the team. So that was a big uh, couple of years for me. Uh, experience-wise, coming from small Norway and get to play with your idols growing up. So uh, I had a lot of fun and and obviously it went good for me from day one. So it's easier to have fun when it goes well. Well, I do do want to ask about coming up in Norway. Before we switch gears, uh, just going back to the Rangers thing for a minute. So John has talked many times on the show about being traded, where his first introduction with Torch, Torch didn't know he was going to be there, didn't know they had even traded for him, didn't really want him there, so he's skating with the Black Aces. And John has said multiple times, it was like me, a couple other guys, and then Zuccarello stuck out. He did not belong. He belonged up with the team skating with those guys. Um, And so, you know, you mentioned that everyone wants to play. What was your relationship like with Torch? Because he's a polarizing guy everyone's kind of up and down with him what was your relationship uh i mean obviously i really like him as a person and, and a coach i still talk to him now and then and some messages back and forth how is he how are you doing so uh, even though maybe i didn't play as much as i wanted to i really respected how he was honest about it mm-hmm. he was right into your face no bullshit uh and i i respect that you know uh and uh yeah no i it was it's a, like yeah you get some good stories out of it too you know uh, now that when you get older you appreciate you learn how to fight for your spot and learn that it's not going to come easy you know i think sometimes right now in nhl or in many leagues a lot of guys get handed to too easily you know you get too comfortable you're coming in you don't really have to prove yourself but i i, I take that as I like it that way. You should prove your way. You should you should earn your spot. And and I liked how he's old school in that. So uh, I really like him. Uh, but I had some good stories. I remember one time. I think it was my first year. Uh, we I, I I was up. We played a game, or maybe my second year, and uh, we won the game. Everyone's passing in the locker room. We go into the Knicks locker room, and and the the Knicks gear was there. So I put on, I think it was Melo, Carmelo Anthony's jersey, uh, shorts. His shoes were there, and I was dribbling a basketball. A couple of the guys were there, and the door opens, and I'm like mid dribble, look to the door, and he's torch. And I don't know, I don't know if he's gonna send me down before, probably, but he's just like looking at me, like take that shit with you down to Hartford. <laughs> <laughs> I sent down mid dribble with Carmelo Anthony jersey and shoes on, and I'm like just taking the gear, uh, taking the jersey, everything off, and saying, hey, I see you guys, and took my back. And so, I mean, you get good stories out of it, but I really respect how he he's straight up with you. I, I I couldn't, you know, no second that enough. Like the guy did not mix words. He he's yeah. exactly what you want a head coach to be in a lot of ways. Because I've been lied to straight to my face by coaches, GMs, guys like that. They're like, oh, you know, we're we're gonna resign you. It's great. You're 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 in our plans. And then it's just like, 
like you're you're gone the next day. I remember skate. I don't know if you were skating with us, Zooks. It was during the Black Aces, and we, it was a long Black Ace run. It must have yeah. been like two months because it was a long playoff run. Yeah, we lost seventh game in the conference the, final, right? The Devils, yeah, yeah. Zajac in overtime or something. But yeah. I know we went seven games with Ottawa, seven games with Washington, and it was just it was a lot. And we we got our room moved because the zoo was in town and we were like underneath the Madison square garden in some random room where you had to walk a mile to get to the rink. We were nowhere near the main team. Yeah. And the new guys from Hartford came in. Cause I think they lost in the playoffs and they were walking into the dressing room and I'm going, welcome to hell boys. This place sucks so bad. <laughs> and torts is so small. He walks in right behind. I think it was like Dylan McElrath or something. I'm like, welcome to hell boys. You're going to hate it. And torts is like, Oh yeah. Like, are you serious? I'm like, dang it. Torts. Like he was right there. And there's so many stories like that where. Well, didn't you play that song in, in, in Washington one time, put me in coach. I'm ready to play. <laughs> <laughs> I just blared it. I, 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 we had a good time. You, the thing with being a scratch is you have to have fun, right? Yeah. You, you, you talk about, you know, earning your stripes and, you know, knowing your place. What do you say to the young kids now? Cause you're the old guy on the team. Like I'm, I'm looking at the younger. roster now it's you and golly. Yeah. And I don't think golly talks too much. Are you vocal to the young guys? Like even a guy like Kirill who comes in, what do you, do you take them under your arm a little bit and try to teach them the way? Yeah. I mean, I think, you try, trying to do the best you can. Uh, I, I I say I get a lot of players in Norway and stuff like telling me how to become good players. So I, I think you just have to find your own way. For me, the biggest thing is to respect the olders and res- respect the system. Uh, don't expect stuff to get given to you. You got to earn it. And yeah. I like that way, you know. So um, I think that's the most important thing. And on the ice, do your thing. You're there for a reason. So just learn, learn how to cope with the mental part of it. What do you think about all these? And I know maybe you can't give an honest answer, but about all these kids coming off their ELCs, just getting insane amounts of money. Like w- w- when you see a guy getting an eight-year contract for $90 million and he's 23 years old, how, th- does that just blow your mind? Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously, some some players have have earned it, you know. Uh, but I, I mean, I, I'm for guys getting paid, you know. We're playing a lot of games, a lot of mental uh, stress on you. It's it's a full year long. You got to be ready all the time, work out, and and so I'm 100% for that. But if I was a GM, I don't know if I would give a. 23-year-old, that amount, you know, I feel like you got to, in New York, we had a good system. Like, you have a good year, so you get that bridge deal, and then you can earn your big, big pay ticket. But um, it's a new NHL, then it's changing, getting younger, so you just have to deal with it and accept it, you know. You're just like... Where was my deal when I was 25? <laughs> I was leading the Rangers in scoring. <laughs> well, I got one year that year. So one year deal. Just the one year. Yeah. Well, let's talk about this year and last year. Then we'll bounce around a little bit. I know you're busy. Well, the, the guys are on the road. You got lots of time. We can be, we can be here all day. Zooks. Yeah, like, yeah. We got lots of time. <laughs> you're like, no, get me out of here. So I don't want to touch on the playoffs too much, but one of the things that stood out to me was you bring in flurry. Yeah. 
controversy. What's going on, Talbot? He wants to play. Obviously, he's your starter. You bring in Flurry. What was it like in the room? What was it an issue at all, or was it just a non-issue that the media was blowing oh, up? There was no issue. I think I think we were lucky. We had two really good goalies. Um, we just played a better team, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, St. Louis was a better team over six games, seven games than we were. Um, so no controversy and we had a really good room um so the media whatever you read there doesn't doesn't that's false at least so we we had a really good good room and, and boys were fired up and excited but sometimes you gotta be honest and, and say we lost to a better team that year so i love that gives you a little motivation for this coming year all right quick break from the interview from Matt Zuccarello, just want to encourage everybody to go to DoorDash, especially when you're hungry, fired up on your phone, your app, your computer, wherever you're on your internet. Get DoorDash up there. Use promo code GlovesDDUS if you're in Minneapolis watching Matt Zuccarello play at the Excel Energy Center anywhere in the continental United States. If you're in Canada, it's just GlovesDD. You get 25% off free delivery. Use DoorDash. Tell them we sent you. Get yourself some food. Save some money. It's a win-win, everybody. Back to the interview. Cheers. So what do you do this summer then? What do you do in your summers to get ready for the season? You're 35 now. Do you stay yeah. in the States? Do you go back to Norway? What's no, your training regimen like? Back to Norway. Had some had a surgery and then recover and then get ready for the season, you know. Gets you get older, you kind of figure out what you need and, and know a little bit more what to do and not, what not to do, but it's the same as when you're 20. You're anxious coming in, feeling like you hadn't done enough, and then and then skating with these young kids here and, and before camp starts and everyone's flying over everywhere, and you're just like, holy shit, I can't even... This is going to be a tough year. So uh, it's it's the same feeling every year, and which I, which I like, because then it keeps you on the edge a little bit, you know? Uh, so, uh, yeah, I go back... Uh, spend my uh, summers in Oslo. Um, just to have a trainer there that I had for for many years, and practice with my uh, kids' team uh, where I grew up, the, the senior team there. So uh, yeah, same thing. You talk to Billy at all and say, Billy, listen, I'm good for one preseason game, and that's it. Give me uh, one or two. That's all you need. Does he give you that kind of leverage? You and Golly or Spurgeon, those the, the older veteran guys? No, I don't think so. I'm scared to talk to Bill like that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> He's going to trade you. He doesn't care about telling people they're going to get traded. <laughs> He's the best GM I've ever seen. He just doesn't give two craps about what he says. So how many games are you going to play this preseason? I'm sure the Wild have, what, six or seven lined up? I think we have, this is the first time I've ever been part of a, a team has seven, at least in my eyes. So I, I, I honestly don't know. I had surgery this summer, so I'm still working on coming back 100%. But uh, if it's three, if it's four. Last year I played four, so uh, we'll see. Or zero. Or, uh, that would be, I like to get a couple in just to get the timing in, you know. When you're when you're a guy who's going to be a healthy scratch most of the year, you play seven. 
and your yes. hamstrings are just dying and you're just waiting for camp to end so you can be a healthy scratch again finally. <laughs> it's so funny. Well, I'm, old enough now. I'm old, enough now, old enough now that if that happens, I'll, I'll put him up. I'll hang him up. <laughs> if you get healthy scratch, you're going to retire? No, I don't know. No, I don't know. But <laughs> if it goes the whole season like that, I think I'm re- rethinking. I just just to put this in perspective, I played nine and a half years in the NHL. I only played two hundred and ninety six games. Yeah. So if if you times nine by eighty two, I should have played in seven hundred some games. <laughs> so I yes. healthy scratched way more than I played. That means that you're strong mentally, you know. No, physically, no. I worked out like an animal. I was in yeah, such yeah. good shape. I've seen, I w- I've seen it in the shower. Nothing's big on you in the shower. Okay, thanks, Matt. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's funny. All right, Tim, ask a question here. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I do want to ask about you know growing up. uh, For the fans, for the fans in North America that don't know uh, Norway at all, and like, what is what is hockey like there? Is it growing? Have you been part of like it, it becoming more popular in recent years? Are you, do you see more guys making the jump to the NHL? Because there's not really any or not very many. So what's that like? Uh, I mean, we have maybe 20, 30 rinks in the whole country. Uh, maybe one, maybe two with ice all summer. So uh, it's not like it's a big sport. It's, uh, it's growing a little bit, I hope. Uh, but uh, it's still... Not enough ice time, not enough rinks uh, to actually take the next step, I believe. So uh, there's a lot of work to do for us to be able to take the next step. Um, they carry more about uh, con- ca- cross-country skiing and, and soccer and, and all that stuff back home. So hockey's all hanging a little after those. But uh, no, I think uh, as a national team, we've been in the age, age group for... 15 years plus maybe, uh, which I think is an accomplishment for the guys who's been playing there with uh, little resources and no ice, no rings. So I think uh, with with the equipment we have, I think we're being uh, have done a really good job uh, creating a lot of uh, players that have either either been in the NHL for a little bit uh, or in Sweden in Russia. Uh, so I think uh, I think the players, uh, my g- generation and a little bit older, had uh, was really good. So uh, still, uh, I'm not really sure how the new generation is going to be, but hopefully it's going to be better than us. It'd be nice if they had like a guy who was an NHL vet to invest some of, some money into the program. Or to like just give it a boost, you know what I mean? Yeah. Someone who played in the league for a long time who has that that face value. Is there? Can yeah. you think of somebody like I, that? I, I have my own charity. I help helping kids get into all sports. So, no, just one sport. I just told. I just told you. If I got that, if I didn't have that bridge deal, I could have done it. <laughs> <laughs> I had like four or five bridge deals, so that kind of fucked me up a little bit. You you were the one who invented the bridge deal. The GM was like, "We'll get you on the next one, Matt's for yeah. sure, <laughs> not yeah. this one." <laughs> Four or five bridge deals in a row, and I fell for it every time. 
<laughs> but your team was so good. You guys won so many Stanley Cups. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What else, Tim? What do you want to talk about? Well, you you mentioned that you're 35, but you feel young, and you just had your best season ever at 34 years old. Like, how much of that do you attribute to, like, your workout regimen? Is it opportunity? Is it chemistry with guys like Kaprizov? Like, what what made that work so well last year? I think I, f- I feel like I'm in good shape. Uh, I feel young in the head. I think that's the most important thing. Uh, and obviously, the team pr- played really good and you only as good as a team play uh, and when the team goes well uh, you're playing better uh, obviously clicking last year with uh, Hart- Hartsey and and, uh, and Carell helped a lot all of us you know so uh, yeah no I, I, I feel good I, I think I think the most important thing is I, I still think it's fun to, to come to the rink play games and 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 playing all those games and uh I think the day I, I don't feel that's fun anymore, I think it's time to to uh, stop playing. So as long as it's fun, I'm enjoying coming to the rink every day, having fun with the guys, uh, practicing and all that. So um, just enjoying it. Is that what makes you a fan favorite? Because every literally every team you go to, you step on the ice, the, the bazooks, zook, it's just like deafening. Every city you go to, every team you go to, or is it just because you're small? I was just to say that. I think it helps that I'm. I think it. I think it helps that I'm five feet, and uh, yeah. they, they probably feel sorry for me. It's more of that. I do. You're five seven, yeah. maybe. That's what your your playing card says. You're probably five five. On a good, good day, I'm five seven and a half. And you're about 190 pounds, so you are thicker. Like you're, yeah. you're a fairly stocky guy, but what is that? Is that just your personality? The fans love you just because you're just Mad Zuccarello? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I have no idea. You gotta ask them. In New York, you used to wear these dumb yellow jackets with the short <laughs> shorts and the white socks pulled up. I thought it looked ugly, but everybody thought you looked handsome. Why could you do that and I couldn't? Tell me. I don't know. It's uh, it's a European style, you know. People are not used to it over here, so they find it interesting, you know. Is what's the biggest difference? I, I played in Minneapolis, St. Paul. I played in you know Manhattan. What's the difference? The biggest difference. You now you spent a lot of time in Minnesota. You spent a lot of time in New York. Yeah. What's better about being in Minnesota? Uh, I think New York. I was in my twenties, obviously. Uh, I don't think you can get a better city to live your 20s in. And um, living there downtown and searching opportunities on a Tuesday night or a Monday night or a Sunday night uh, was fun, you know, in the 20s. For dinner, uh, right? For dinner. For dinner, yeah, yeah. Dinner spots. Uh, so I think uh, I got the best of both worlds. I got a little older came here to Minnesota, which, uh, you know, before we get here, I played away games here. And you go to St. Paul and you live in that old hotel, so you, you really don't really know Minnesota well. So I was kind of – I knew the hockey was good, was big here. That's my big priority, why I want to sign here, that state of hockey. I like when the town and everyone around cares about the team and then you get that excitement, but – 
it's beautiful here too uh outside of uh the city around in the city everywhere so i'm really enjoying my life here uh i had great 10 years in new york uh really appreciate everyone there the fans and people you got to know there and the same here i'm starting to get to know a lot of people outside and, and really enjoy my life here in Minnesota. So uh, it's, uh, I, I like to think that I got the best of both worlds. I think you did too, Matt. You really yep. did. You really are just really Lucky. blessed. Yes. I'm still thinking about that shower comment. I'm like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you mentioned leaving New York. You were there for 10 years, uh, a little bit of a, a rocky departure when they traded you could have maybe gone better. I was doing a little research for this interview. I, I saw uh, Henrik Lundqvist talking about you being traded. He was just crying. Couldn't even answer the question. Two-part question. Is it hard to see someone crying because you're leaving? Like, well, good friend, obviously. Was that difficult knowing that you affected him that much? Like, in, in a good way. And then the second part of the question, did you not know you were going to get traded? Because they were just ditching everybody. Like, they traded everybody in New York that year. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I saw that with Hank, and obviously I felt the same way, you know. He he had been there as a friend of mine since day one, speaking Swedish and get to know his family really well, his kids and, and, and wife, and uh, just almost felt a part of the family there. And uh, so that was really emotional for sure. Uh, I think it really didn't really hit me until I, I got I I kind of knew I was getting traded, um, uh, but I, you never know for sure. But uh, they were playing an away game and they told me to stay back and said it like likely going to happen tonight. And you get the call and say you got to be in Chicago tomorrow morning. You're playing against the Blackhawks for Dallas, and then you. Where I already just pack your bag and then you're gone from a place that you've been almost 10 years. Um, uh, and but I got a great start in, in Dallas. Obviously, I broke my arm, but I really enjoyed Dallas. The team there they had, uh, we had a real good team, great teammates and everything. So I don't think it really hit me until the summer that whoa, I'm not going back there. You know, um, you didn't really have time to be emotional right away. You get you get right into it and new new team new family and really enjoyed my time there and then the summer comes and that's when it was a little a little tough for me that summer you know uh, but it's a part of the business obviously but it's a it's a part that no one really likes unless you want to get traded but uh, i think you 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 go and you're kind of feeling when you're there that i'm gonna spend the rest of my career here i really enjoy yeah. it here have a great time. Uh, it kind of felt like you're home, and then boom, a couple of minutes, you're gone. So uh, it, it was it was tough that summer to really accept and like, well, I'm not going back. Where am I going? And then I got a great opportunity to come here in Minnesota, and it took me a little while to get into. You know, you had your place in New York, almost almost the older guys there because they shipped everyone away, and then coming here with an older team. Take some time to find the, your spot. Great guys here, but you, yeah. they got to. I got to have to know them. They have to get to know me, you know. And so it took some time, but um, I, I don't regret it. You know, I, I 
really enjoy uh, Minnesota and had had three great years here and then hopefully many more. Now I was I was a little honored. I'm not gonna lie. It kind of took me by surprise when you signed in Minnesota. Do you know the last player who wore number 36? Yeah, that's why I took it. I I was honestly I was honored. I was a little put off that I didn't get a call if you could ask me to wear number 36. Well, but why do you think I'm on the show? Are you going to formally ask me if you can wear that number and I can give you an no, answer? No, I just did it. You know, I, I don't think I've been on any show or media thing, but I said, this guy, I took his number. He's been a big part of my career. Uh, I learned a lot from him. So I'm going to give, if he asks it for me, I'm all yours, you know. <laughs> Is there, uh, Tim, take it away. That's, that's, a, that's a great... That's a good one. We don't get that many guys, at least not recently, that have played on a team with John. So I want to. I always like asking this question. If someone asked, like, what's it like to be a teammate with John, or what's a good John Scott story? What would you say? Ooh, no, I, I think we, the one when uh, Torres came in the room, I remember, and the one uh, we're racing into early in Washington when we were healthy scratch and we had a morning practice. And I think it was an optional, and obviously we went on. We're coming back into the locker room. That there was a meeting right after, and John put on full full volume, put me in coach. I'm ready to play, and everyone's just dying. Torch coming in, says, turn up, yeah. <laughs> and uh, all of the nice dinners, you know, we had some really fun time. Uh, uh, we had a good group there. I didn't play a lot, so uh, we we. Uh, uh, we became good friends uh, those two, three months there and had a really good time. That's what I'll remember. Just yeah. the, we'd go for a team dinner, the team would leave, and then and the guys who that. wouldn't play, we would stick around and we'd have a couple bottles of wine yeah. and we'd just kind of hang out. That was a blast. I remember one time, I think it was in New York where we did that, and Doobie was hurt. Yeah. And he stuck around and then we put the, all the bottles on his tab he got so pissed. He came to me the next day. He's like, you owe me a couple hundred bucks. Who put the... I was like, I don't know, Doobie. I don't know what you're talking about. He was so mad that we... I think we had like four or five bottles of wine, but... Oh, was he upset? He, he would get mad, too. He did. Then I think he tried to get Kaser, who was the team PR guy, to pay for it. It was it was really funny. Yeah. That's too good. But anyways, I don't want to take up any more of your time. How, camp's good. Minnesota Wild. Yeah. Stanley yeah. Cup this year. Is that the... The trajectory. Well, that's a goal. That's a goal. All right. Well, thank you for joining us, Matt Zuccarello. Go tell Carell he can come in the room again. You guys can go back and jump in the hot tub or the sauna. I don't know. But anyways, thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate hey, thank it. Thank you for having me. Matt Zuccarello, everybody. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Delivered by DoorDash.